welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. place tonight. Hallelujah. And uh, I think that's what we ought to strive for, don't we? Uh, every every service. I like the presence of the Lord showing up with us and working. Amen. I'm sure you probably prayed for Brother Rob Brainerd already. He had surgery, came through it today and uh, on his way to recovery and all those others that are sick and struggling and fighting uh, all this different stuff amen we know God is able praise God amen we do have a special occasion today on this Wednesday and it's a, a birthday occasion but Sean niece turned 49 today and uh, we are gonna, we're going to sing him the Christian version of a happy birthday song. Are you ready? A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus every day of the year. A happy birthday to a happy birthday to you. Hear that you ever had. Hallelujah. His face looks like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer right now. Beacon. Okay, he was out in the sun. All right, yeah. Good excuse, good excuse. Ephesians, the second chapter, if you will, tonight. I can remember back when uh, I was doing the young people, and even as a young pastor, Sean and Kent and Kevin and Dougie and well, Doug, we called him Dougie back then, and all these guys were young teenagers coming up in the church, and I remember Sean when he played peewee football, he was the biggest thing on the field. He was going to run over anybody out there. I remember I had a 7,000 Minolta camera that I would take out there and take pictures. And back in that day, Sean had no neck. His head was just on his shoulders like that. Isn't that right, Brother Nice? <laughs> he just sat right there. He just had a... He'd walk out there on that field. But my hasn't time fly, fly flown by now... He's not that much younger than me. Amen. But God is good. At least he's still here, and that's the important thing. Amen. Serving God, loving God, we appreciate that. 
Ephesians 2, if you will, and we'll begin reading in verse 1, if you don't mind, chapter 2, verse 1, follow me. And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. How many glad there's a quickening power that can change your life? Where in time past ye walked according to the course or the age of this world according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation or we conducted ourselves in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but God everybody say but God say it again but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened made us alive together with Christ by grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them Verse 11 begins, Wherefore remember that ye bring in being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which he is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time ye were without Christ. Everybody say without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, everybody say, but now. Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he, or he himself, is our peace. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall or the partition or division between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were nigh for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone 
in whom all the building fitly framed together. Everybody say fitly framed together. Or the building being joined together groweth unto a holy temple of the Lord. And the last verse. In whom ye also are builded together for a habitation or a dwelling place of God through the Spirit. Lord God, we thank you, amen, this evening for your goodness and your mercy, your loving kindness. You're an awesome God. We are nothing without you. And Lord, we stand here tonight knowing it's by your mercy and your grace that we do so. So Lord, let your word touch our heart. Let it challenge us tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray and everybody say amen. amen. Turn your neighbor and tell him you're glad to see him here tonight. Now, in our reading we understand that the Lord has already defeated our enemy, hands down. We don't have to worry about that. That's settled. Do we still believe that tonight? We sing that song, the enemy's been defeated. We get all excited. Amen. But we need to understand that that's a fact. That's true. No matter what we face, the enemy has been defeated. However, he has left it up to you and I to enforce every day in our earthly warfare or the trenches that we are in, we have to enforce it every day. Amen. The victory has been won in the heavens, but we're still fighting down here. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. And so when you look at the book of Ephesians, it serves as a, uh, as a, a place of learning, teaching us that the church is equipped with a vast spiritual uh, arsenal of weaponry in order to accomplish uh, this very task of, of being victorious. Because victory is ours. Amen. God has promised that. Victory is ours. But here's the catch. We have to fight for it. It doesn't just happen. And I believe the book of Ephesians is a serious uh, training uh, place for Serious Christians. Amen. It teaches us. So if you'll follow me tonight, amen. We already went in chapter 1. Paul was beginning uh, teaching us and talking about the resources of God uh, that are given to us. Amen. And I thank God for that because we could not do it on our own. Do you believe that tonight? And the blessings of God are a finished work. They are. Everybody say are. You're going to be repeating a lot tonight. Amen. Everybody say already. In other words, we already possess that which God, the weaponry, the things, the word of God, things that we need to be an overcomer. We already possess that. It's not something that we have to get. God's already given it to us. But you got to fight for it. It's just not going to be easy. It's not going to be something that, that you're going to be able to get through uh, easily. You've got to fight for it. Just as Joshua had to fight for, for his promise, just as Caleb had to fight 
for that mountain he claimed for their inheritance 40 years previously? You got to fight for it. Amen. It's not going to be easy. And the devil will try to intimidate you. Amen. And try to uh, 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 intimidate you with your present situation, your present life, what's going on now. And he's trying to affect your future destiny. Everybody say amen. amen. How many have ever been intimidated by old Slewfoot? My dad called him Slewfoot. Amen. A snake. Amen. Amen. But he's been defeated. And God, God predestinates us for great things. I believe that. Amen. Why? You know, we, I, I've said this before and probably recently maybe, but, but uh, it's a fixed fight. It's a fixed fight. Amen. We're going to win this fight. Amen. We're going to win. Come on. Somebody say praise the Lord. Nothing the enemy does can abort what God has already done. That cannot be changed. Amen. It cannot. Everybody say cannot. Amen. So we need to think about our eternal position, not just our current <clears throat> circumstance or our current condition. We need to think about our eternal position. And so therefore, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to you and I as the crossing of the Red Sea was to the children of Israel. Amen. Let me say it again. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is to you and I as the crossing of the Red Sea was to the children of Israel. Amen. And so we look at this. We look at the resurrection. We look at the cross. We look at what happened as a point of reference. A point of reference of what? For God's power in our lives. Because it was there, we sing it, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my soul passed away, right? It was there by grace, right? So you got to understand, that's where everything, that's where he settled it, right there, it was at the cross. Amen. That's where his blood was shed that covers a multitude of sin. Amen. That death, burial, and resurrection is what we've got to preach and teach and believe in. Amen. And so we look at that as a point of reference, amen, for the power of God in our lives because death is the greatest enemy that you and I will ever have to confront. But if we have to confront death, we want to know that Jesus Christ is, is, is living in us, alive and well. Somebody say praise the Lord. So let's look at verse 1. Verse 1. Notice here in verse 1 it says, and you. Amen. And you. He said, and you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you, turn to your neighbor and say, and you. Amen. You have the same resurrection power in you is what Paul was saying. And you. Amen. That, that which quickened you, that power that quickened you, that made you alive. Amen. That's the reason why the Spirit of God is so important in our life, because that's what makes us alive. Why? Because he said we are dead in our trespasses and sin. Amen. From the moment that you and I were born, we have a built-in desire to run the world around us so that it benefits and serves us. We're all born with a self-centered attitude. My me first identity. 
we feel that the world, amen. How many has ever heard your parents tell you this, some of you younger folks? They'll look at you sometimes and they'll say, you just feel like the world revolves around you. Right? Amen. And then they just had a way of kind of bringing you back to reality. Amen. We have that me first identity. Amen. And so this is the very essence of what, what is called the sin nature. It's all about you. Satan, just he, he, he put that out there. That was what his problem was. It was all about him. <clears throat> he wanted to have the recognition. He wanted to have all the power. He wanted to usurp authority over God. Amen. But we understand God's purpose for our lives is that we have a God-first identity. Why, why is that so important? Because if we have a God-first identity, it will go against our pride. Oh, let's it's about God. In fact, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. But you first have to seek him. You and I, we have to do the same thing. Whatever we want, uh, we want God to bless, we got to put him first in that area. We got to put him first in that area. How many believes that tonight? But what causes us to leave God's plan for our lives and follow our own plan? What, what causes us to do that? Amen. Why? Well, could it be because we have a low tolerance for delayed gratification we are the now society we want it now we we want the drive-through experience amen we want the microwave experience we don't want to take time to cook it out anymore or cook up the food anymore we want to we want it fast and furious and on the plate in 30 seconds amen but understand this is not the way it is when God begins to work a plan in our lives. We have to say, God, it's your will, not my will. It's your way, not my way. Because that's how we'll be successful. And understand that God's going to bless our lives. It might not be tonight. It might not be next week. It might be, not be next month or next year. But as we stay true to it and faithful to it, amen, we understand that, 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 that we think that, that, and we know that God's going to, sooner or later, begin to work in our lives. See, we really think that we can do it faster. I think sometimes we think we can do it faster and better than God. But that's just your pride. Took it to your neighbor and say, are you prideful? How many be honest tonight and say you've you're, you're, you got pride? You have to raise your hand. We've got to be careful. He also said in this scripture that we're dead. Everybody say dead. dead. Amen. What does death represent? Death, death in the scripture represents separation. Amen. We were dead. How? In the most significant way. How was that? Spiritually. Spiritually dead. <clears throat> Just as your body separated from your spirit cannot function on earth 
Your spirit separated from God's spirit cannot function in the kingdom of God. Think about it. Physical death, what's it do? A physical death silences the body. A spiritual death silences the spirit. We're walking around, but we are, or we were, dead. He said we were dead in trespasses and sin. See, that's the thing about it, and that's what you and I have to be careful of. We have to realize that it's got to be a God-first mentality in our lives. We've got to understand it's not, you know, we just, we're just, we're just need to have praise and worship and thanking God for what he's done in our lives and realize that if I want to be successful, I have to follow his pattern, not my pattern. I've got to follow him. Verse 2. Amen. Why? Okay, let's go a little further. Because we were what? Dead. Everybody say dead. dead. Amen. We tried everything possible to make ourselves feel alive. And that's basically where sin comes from. But that little, there's that little nagging voice from God that continually tells us, but you're still empty. I don't know how you feel, but I don't like to feel empty as I walk with God. Now, how many, how many, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it right now. How many of us have done that before where we were really running on empty? We come to church, we come to prayer, we sing, we do everything, we teach, whatever it is. But in reality, in our mind, we understand and we know that we are empty. We need God to move in our lives. Amen. So we have to, we need to, I don't know about you, but I want to feel alive. Amen. I want to feel alive. Amen. Because of the Spirit of God, not because of the Spirit of the world. Amen. That, that just kind of lets people down. If they, if they feel the world is what's going to make them feel alive, it's going to disappoint them every time. Amen. Because we're dead. We tried everything possible. Amen. Understand this. But you're still, we're empty. Everybody say empty. Now, notice a word here. According. According has the same root as the musical term chord. In other words, according or in harmony with one's pleasure, purpose, and power. You've got to look at that word. Watch that word in Ephesians. It happens a few times. According. In harmony. Everybody say harmony. It's one thing about the church. We've got to be in harmony. Say it again. As a church, we have to work in harmony. Because if we don't work in harmony, then we are... In disunity, which means you're going to work against the things of God. Also in verse 2, it talks about the air, the atmosphere, where human beings live. Verse 2, let me read it here real quick. Where in times past, we were walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Amen. The spirit, everybody say the spirit. That now worketh in the children of disobedience. So the air, that's his domain. That's where he operates. Amen. I'm going to tell you something right now. Amen. In this end time, you've got to realize that this is going to be, this is war. It's not, it's, it's not something that you just kind of lightly take it or leave it. If you want to be successful in this thing, you've got to understand, it's, it's, you've got to have a warfare mentality. 
you got to understand that if you're going to be victorious, you got to wrestle, you got to fight in the spirit. Amen. Because that's his kingdom. And that's where he attacks. Amen. Disobedience, the children of disobedience. Amen. In other words, to be totally non-compliant. The Old Testament calls this stiff neck. You're a stiff neck generation. You're rebellious. You're not in harmony. Amen. And then he goes on, verse 3, and he says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. In other words, <clears throat> children of wrath warring and seething against all that is holy by serving the God of self. In other words, we'll fulfill every carnal desire and every carnal inclination, but we won't fulfill the desires of God. We are children of wrath. Amen. That's what we used to be, right? Amen. But understand, we're in a warfare now. Amen. We're fighting against the prince, the power of the air. Amen. We're the children, the children of disobedience. Amen. Rebel against the things of God. See, folks, in our world today, that's what's going on. In our world today, that's what's going on. People are rebelling against the things of God. In our country, that's what's going on. People are rebelling against the things of God. Sometimes even in our churches, people are rebelling against the things of God. They will go so far, but they're like, I'm not going any further. Well, once again, you're just deceiving yourself because you got to give yourself to God wholly in your entirety. If you want to be successful at this and have the blessings of God in your life, you have to give of yourself wholly. Amen. Now, this is referring to the way we were before salvation. And the way we were before salvation was pretty ugly. How many remembers where God brought you from? Right? Amen. Because Satan was supernaturally powerful. And understand this right now. Look at your neighbor and say, he is smarter than you. You see, the world system surrounded us from birth. And we were imprisoned in our carnal nature, our sin nature. Amen. But God had a way of escape. And so we, we escaped. We managed to escape. So how was that? Well, Paul goes on to tell him in verse 4. He says, but God who is rich in mercy. In other words, there is no other solution but God. No other solution but God. Amen. No other, no other solution. Thank God. How many thanks God for his mercy? Amen. Verse 5, he said, we were born dead, but God did what? He quickened us. He made us alive. He made us alive. Amen. Deliverance. Think of deliverance. Man, doesn't happen when someone sends a package. 
using it as an illustration. How many likes your UPS man or your FedEx man or your Amazon guy? And how many, how many, how many uses those people? Yeah, some of y'all do. Sometimes I feel like we get something every day. And it's not me. But sometimes my wife does it for other people. Amen. Why? Because they're like me. I don't want to fool with that stuff. And if I can get somebody else to do it, hallelujah. You say, why do you do that? Because they know what they're doing and I don't. That's what happened before service. My wife and Brother Himes got a hold of my cell phone and helped me with some things that I was drawing a blank on. I'm not afraid to tell you that. I just don't like it. But think about deliverance. Think, think about these kind of things. Amen. It happens when you send a package. It doesn't happen when you just send a package, but when someone else receives that package. Amen. In other words, we must reach out and take hold of salvation and the blessings of God. God sent it. We have to receive it. Amen. If you believe, you must receive. There's not a trouble or care the good Lord can't relieve. So God comes every time to service and he's sending us something. <clears throat> but we have to reach out and take it. Amen. We have to reach out and take it. Amen. There's nothing more frustrating than something sent back to you that says return to sender. That happens to us every now and then because we try to send letters to people that have visited the church and we'll send it and all of a sudden you get something back in or get a couple back in that week and I'll just take it to my wife and say, well, we didn't have the right address on this because it came back. Amen. It's important. And also, when my wife sends me to UPS or the post office or whatever like that, what does she do? We're getting ready to send something. So she, she always tells me, make sure you get a receipt. Right? Amen. Why? Because you want to know, okay, it says here that it'll be here at a certain time. It's going to be here in two days or three days or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be there. Well, then if something happens, they say they didn't, uh, somehow they didn't get it. You, you provide the receipt and say, well, we sent it. But you know, I'm going to tell you this right now. The Lord's trying to send each and every one of us something every day. We have to receive it. I don't want anything to go back, return to sender. I don't want anything coming my way to go back or I don't receive it for one reason or another. Because when people become Christians, one of the hardest things to do is to re, re, uh, retrain. Retrain them not to continue to operate according to their worldly, to the worldly system or their carnal flesh it's kind of hard to do that we have a saying I use it quite often it's hard to it's hard to uh, it's hard to uh, train an old dog new tricks amen how many how many older folks understand that to be true it's kind of hard to be retrained yeah. amen but but you understand here's the important thing about it when you look at the Old Testament it took one night to get Israel out of Egypt. One night to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of their hearts. And a lot of them had to die in the wilderness because of it. 
That's what we got to look at tonight. Amen. One night. So in other words, God can deliver you right now. But then we enter that battle and we got to fight. We got to wage that warfare. It's every day. Every day we got to fight this battle. And there's always been a battle between the new man and the old man. I, I know you know that because you, you wage that battle between the new man. I don't want that old man to win. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you heard the story I, I told it years ago about the, about the guy that uh, uh, he, he overhears somebody yelling, help me, help me, help me, help me. And, uh, and he comes over and said, well, why, do, why do you need help? He said, you're, you're the one on top of him. You're the one has got it. I know it, but I can feel him trying to get up. See, in your, in your, in your, in your spiritual man, there's this, all, this battle that's always going on with that carnal man trying to get up. The carnal man trying to raise up. The carnal man trying to take control again of your life. Amen. But understand. We can't let that happen. Amen. There's always a battle going on between the new man and the old man. But that's why we, we need teaching like Paul is giving here to the church at Ephesus, to the Ephesians. Amen. When he's saying we're not dead anymore. So don't act like you're dead. We are alive in Christ. Amen. But don't, don't walk around. Amen. Just kind of uh, with a persona that, that, uh, that you're defeated. You're a defeated person. No, you don't have to walk a defeated life. You can walk because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a new, amen. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. A new man. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. The old man is dead. Yes, he tries to get up, but. We're going to succeed. We're not, we're not dead anymore. I'm not going to act like it. Amen. I, I want the Lord to know. I, you know, my voice is, I'm struggling with my voice tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to get ugly or gross tonight, but uh, just, you know, congestion, all that stuff in my head and my chest and haven't slept good the last couple nights and all that kind of stuff and, and, and all that. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You're going to battle this stuff. You're going to battle in, like you do in the, in the physical realm. You're going to have things that come along that's going to try to put you down. But I'm the kind of person to where I'm not going to stay down. When I had that knee surgery, it was driving me nuts. I couldn't stay down. Amen. When I, when I get sick, I can't stay down. I'm not going to stay down for any length of period of time. Why? Because I just don't like to feel like I'm restricted, amen, to a, to a couch or a chair. Or as a matter of fact, a bed. Amen. What I, what, what I feel like, even if I'm feeling bad, I want to be moving. So if spiritually, if I'm not feeling well, spiritually, if I feel like I'm struggling, spiritually, if I feel like I, I'm going through something and it's just weighting me down, then I understand that, that I'm not going to let that defeat me. And when I get into my prayer time or, or in my car with my music or at church, I'm going to praise him and lift him up. I'm going to talk to him. Even if I don't feel like it. Even if I don't feel like it. Amen. Thank God. Amen. And, uh, you know, by the way, we can protest all we want. 
You know, everybody likes to protest today, right? Man, I, did you did y'all see the video of the climate change people out there protesting and blocked that road to the Burning Man deal? I didn't even know what Burning Man was until I, I watched that video. Still didn't know what it was until they got all that rain and everybody kind of got stuck. But those Navajo rangers, that was in their territory. And that dude come up and took that truck and boom, hit that trailer and they come in and arrested all those people. And I'm thinking, man, wow, that was pretty bold. But we got to protest. But here, let me, let me, let me kind of, let me tell you something. You can protest all you want, but you cannot, everybody say, I cannot legislate morality in our country, let alone the world. Why? Because you can't get unregenerate people to live like saints. They have to have this experience. Do you believe that tonight? Just like you had to have this experience, they have to have this experience. So I'm not going to frustrate myself with trying to change a world that hasn't been changed. I can't change them. Yes, we are getting darker. Yes, evil is just on the rise. Amen. But understand this. It's been on the rise from the beginning. Sin's been around a long time. Amen. The only thing that's going to fix that is the presence and the Spirit of God. So you and I, when we come to church, that's what we do. We set the table for that. When people come into the house of God, they can feel the presence of God and know that they can be changed. Oh, clap your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. In fact, I can put it this way. We have hard enough time getting saints to live like saints. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have said that. Amen, right? <laughs> All right? Man, don't get quiet on me tonight. I say that with most sincerity. It's all over the place. It makes no difference. And you go to church after church after church. There's people that go to church. But it's a hard time keeping them in that realm of sainthood. Not sainthood, but living like saints. Amen. Why is that? Because sin, amen, is a heart issue. You can't fix people from the outside in. They can only be fixed from the inside out. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my Right? That's all I know. But think about it. Think about it. You can't do it. Sin is a heart issue, and you can't fix people from the outside. You can't fix them from the outside. Let me hurry on. Okay, verse 5. By grace. Everybody say, by grace. Grace is not God's ability to overlook our sin. It is the ability he gives us to live above sin. Grace is the power to change. Grace is the power to change. Verse 6 talks about raised us up together. You cannot be blessed. You cannot be blessed outside of God's body. Not spiritually. 
you got to be in the body. And that's when he said, made us set together in heavenly places. In other words, your, our, let me put it this way, our victory depends on the body of Christ. And so without developing an us mentality, the church will be forever divided and forever less than God intends. Amen. That's why the devil constantly seeks to bring division among the church. Let me tell you something. This is wise. I, I've been in this a long time. I've been in other positions and was there for many years. And one of the biggest things that we fight in the church world is division. The lack of harmony. So think about that the next time somebody kind of comes up alongside of you and wants to talk about divisive or divisive things about somebody else. You might want to say, you know what? I love you. I love God. I love them. Amen. Don't get quiet on me right now. Amen. That's why the devil constantly seeks to bring division. And it's what he's doing in our world today. Right? I mean, man, he's, he's, he's just working overtime to divide people and destroy our confidence in each other. Amen. And, and so God's presence, his provision, his power, amen, can never be manifested in us if we have a spirit of division. You, you cannot be so holy in your dress and so holy, you proclaiming holiness, if, if, if your life does not show that. Yes, we need to live that way, but you need to live that way and be full of the Spirit of God because you want to be an example to other people. You want to be, as they say today, an influencer. An influencer for the things of God, not for the things of the world. And that's important because when people see us, we need to be influencing for the things of God because if we're not, then they're going to lose confidence in the things of God because we're not showing that. Amen. So, amen. He made us sit together. Now, verse 7 says, he talks about uh, that in the ages to come, he might show, everybody say show, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That he might show. In other words, look, God likes to show, off, show us off. Think about Job in the Old Testament. Sons of God came, and here comes Satan. Hey! You just hear God. You tried my servant Job? Ah, God, you're God. I can't. You got a hedge about him. I can't touch him. God said, I'm going to prove something to you here. I'm going to take that down. You can do anything except take his life. In my words, I'm going to prove something to you. That if somebody really wants to serve me, they can, no matter what happens in their life. No matter what happens in our life. Amen. And sometimes God even wants to use our past for his glory. Why? Because he said, such were some of you. I mean, that's enough for us to praise God over. Such were some of you. Right? Amen. Amen. Jesus saying, take up your bed and walk. 
shows the world that you are now able to carry what once carried you. Right? Talk about a testimony is when you're able to tell somebody, that's where I was and this is where I'm at. So in the ages of eternity, God's going to say, look, look how much I did (laughs) with so little. Verses 8 and 9 talks about by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works. In other words, God did it, but we need to walk in it. How many believes that tonight? Weiss said this about it. By grace, you have been saved completely in past time with the present result that you are in a state of salvation which persists through the present time. In other words, salvation is the most elastic word in the Bible. Salvation. Thank God for it, right? Then he goes on, verse 15. I'm trying to hurry here because I know time is of essence. Enmity. Enmity. In other words, great hostility or extreme conflict. The law, he says, was the root cause of this hostility. But Christ fulfilled the law and abolished that conflict. On down he says, make in himself. In other words, Jesus became sin that we might become Righteous. In other words, in other words, think of it this way. Since we're talking about masking up again. I I thought I'd hear like a uh. Now watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use an illustration. Making himself, Jesus became sin that we might become righteous. An example. Injecting a virus in the bloodstream to create what? An antibody. Everybody say antibody. So Christ lives in us and brings an antibody to the sin nature. Remember? Mumps. Chicken pox, polio. I remember when I was in third or fourth grade, I was in Post Town Elementary, and we all had to go down to the gym, and they lined us up like we were going in the army. And we had to walk by as they took that gun or whatever it was and pop us in the shoulder with it. They were inoculating us. They were trying to help us when these diseases would come that we would have an antibody against it. I don't know, you guys that's been in the military, Brother Howard, how many shots? Do you even know how many shots you got when you was in the military? Man, it was like you go to another country and just protocol. You were going to go get hit with stuff. Man, so think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. It's quarter after. Amen. Making himself. Amen. Those that are far off equals, in, in, in verses 16 and 17, talks about a far off, that equals the Gentiles. Then he talks about those that are nigh, that talks about the Jews. Now what is he stressing here? One body. Turn your neighbor and say, one 
body. Access. The word access depicts a formal entrance into the presence of a king or deity. An example of that is a royal audience. Access. Access. Amen. Hebrews 4, 15, 16. Here's what it says. For we have not an high... For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Amen. Let me go over to Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And I'm just going to quit tonight. I'm going to quit tonight. Let's stand together. Praise God. How many is glad for the word of God? How many is glad for the things of God? Thank God for his blood. Thank God for what, he's, what he does in our life. Amen. Do you know God just wanting to use us? Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. God wants to use you to touch somebody this week, to invite somebody this week to the house of God. Amen. Don't sit idly by, but put yourself out there and let God pray. Say, God, I want you to use us. Amen. Let's raise our hands and pray together before we close. Lord God, we thank you. Amen. For your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done in our lives. We thank you for your mercy, your loving kindness that you have so graciously shown to us. Lord, we are nothing without you. And I pray, God, as Paul spoke to the the Ephesians here, that, that we would also put ourselves in a place of receiving that word with gladness and allowing you, God, to work a great work in our lives in this end time. In Jesus' wonderful name, go with us. Lead us and guide us. Amen. Let us be a tool, a vessel, amen, in this end time to be an influencer in this world that we live. Let the light shine strongly in our lives. Amen. That that the world will see and see that what God has done for us, He can do for them. And Lord, what you have done for us, you can do for others. So bless us, I pray. Lead us and guide us. Go with us. Keep us in the center of your will. And everybody say in Jesus' name.